Welcome back to the Boys of 161st Street, episode 217. Today is July 25th, and this episode is presented by Underdog Fantasy. We have a lot to get into because we missed the episode last week. That was our fault. Had a lot going on. A little bit of moving. We're here. A lot of stuff to talk about today's episode. We are recapping the Orioles series as well as a little bit touching on the uh, Astros series, which we would like to forget. Um... Yeah, before we get into all of it, how are you doing, fellas? Fellas, I can't say fellas. <laughs> Pretty hot. good. Not yeah, physically hot. Uh, so it's a hot day here, and as a, as a resident of New York City, it's very hot. Yeah, it's uh, not fun. And then there's just like these random thunderstorms that happen during the day, and I feel like I'm going to die. So that was wild. Fun. That picture I, was cool. I thought that was photoshopped. Yeah, if those of you who live in the city or just like cool pictures aren't aware, go go look at that picture. It looks photoshopped. It looks like something from a spooky like sci-fi thing. Yeah, lightning struck the Empire State Building. Like and, and it's crazy too when that happens because it's happened a couple times recently and then you like every one of us texts in the group chat like did we just get attacked by like <laughs> or something? And well, cuz it's always at like 5 a.m. and then I get texts from Luke like hey, what time are we recording? And like Luke notoriously wakes up like like oh yeah, thunder got you too. Like yep. <laughs> no, and it's crazy too because then I see like a TikTok of it. It's like it was just like emergency alarms going off and car alarms going off. It's like when you live in New York City and you wake up to this, and I was like, wow, every single person heard it, and everybody did. It's just crazy. I think it's funny like how like, nuclear threat warnings lately. So yeah, you never know. It too. Always stay on your toes, Mother Nature. <laughs> Keep keeping us on our toes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we do have a lot to get into. I figure we might as well start off with the bad news. There's a lot of rumors in the rumor mill that have been going floating around as of recently about Soto, Benintendi, uh, some of the prospects in the Yankees, even Otani. So we'll get into all that in a second. But before we do that, I figure it's a good thing to address the uh, the sad is that Mike King is is hurt. So Chandler, you want to start there because Mike King is like probably your favorite yeah. player. I do love my king and the you know, last episode we did we did the the bullpen trust tree and I actually had him at one ahead of Clay Holmes and before that he was actually you know use reliever war however you want or war in general however you want but he was for what it's worth you know ahead of Clay Holmes by a, a shade and war he was a good mop-up guy he came in everybody remembers the game against the Blue Jays where he came in and you know bases load nobody out gets out of it I, I think it's I would argue and I'm curious to see what you guys think about this, but I would argue that losing Michael King outside of the obvious of Garrett Cole, cause he's our only true ace and maybe Aaron judge that he's probably the most detrimental loss to this team. I think that's fair. Yeah, it's really, it's really, really sad. I, I that's it's, it's really sad. What was dude? The exact, I saw him grab his injury? elbow and my heart just sank. What was the exact injury? He fractured his elbow. And is he With con- Tommy John, really- also a possibility. He's confirmed out for the year. It's confirmed out for the year, and if he has Tommy John, out for next year too. That'd be terrible. Oh my god, that's just set on on a on a Yankee front 
not even a Yankee front, but on a personal front too. Like he was having an absolutely lights out breakout year, more career year, yeah. Light like way, way big breakout. Like he was never even remotely close to this. He was he was obviously young, but this is a true breakout, and he was really doing it like every single night. I I don't remember that many like appearances where he he looked like he didn't really have it. There's obviously a few because he's human, but I don't know. It just really there was sad. like a three game stretch where he kind of struggled, but even, I mean, compared to the other guys, and I, I think this is definitely a time to bring it up when you look at Aroldis Chapman, he shouldn't even be in that situation. You know, obviously, if your shoulder or elbow snaps in half while you throw a pitch, there's something wrong. That's not just a, fr- I mean, it's a freak accident, but you know, it's probably bound to happen anyway. But he should not have even been in that game. It was a 7-3 game, and Aroldis Chapman comes in. He's throwing wild pitches. He's walking people, gives up a bomb because everybody can just sit on his fucking slider because everybody knows he can't throw a fastball within 10 feet of the zone. So, uh, I don't know. That's that's my biggest bone to pick with it is not – I mean, yes, it's tragic. I'm very upset because I love Michael King, and I think, as I've said multiple times, I think he's the biggest piece of that bullpen. But I, it affects so much more, and so many more dominoes fall. I mean – Aroles Chapman's now one inning closer to pitching in meaningless innings. You lose one more person in that ladder. Now he's bumped up, innings, and he he yeah he might get some high, more high leverage high leverage spots now. I still don't think he will. I think guys like Albert Abreu are going to get more. Wandy Peralta are going to get more. But you're still Chapman's name is one step closer now. And again, he shouldn't. Chapman can't do what he did the other night. I'm not obviously again, he's not to blame. It's a freak accident that happens, but there's no reason that he should be in that spot in the first place. Michael King should have been resting and coming in the next game. And you yep. see the snowball effects of that because then you have Garrett Cole coming out in the seventh inning with 105, 103 pitches, whatever it is. If you have a bullpen that doesn't have to go and clean up Chapman's fucking mess every night, then Garrett Cole doesn't have to do that. And maybe that outcome's different. I know it's one game against the Orioles. It is what it is, but that stuff catches up to you when you have to push the guy an extra inning when maybe he doesn't necessarily have that extra. Oomph. Like Cole wasn't, he was good. He was damn good. I know the statue says he gave up three or four runs, whatever, but he was, he was good, but he wasn't, I need to go back out there on 103 pitches. He wasn't complete gate, sh- complete game shutout against the Astros. Good, but you have to do that because who do you go to there? The bullpen spent and your best relievers done. So I, there's not yeah, really a whole I mean, lot you can do. <clears throat> Quick thing on the King injury. Um, I don't want to read too much into this, but this this was the first time all season that he threw a good amount of pitches back to back. You know, he he hasn't really thrown back to back games this entire season. Um, Is that true? And I'm looking at it right now. It's true. Um, just want to make sure usually, you have the facts. I believe that he did it. He did it one time in June, but he threw twelve pitches before that, but the day before, um, and he I threw think... twenty pitches the game the game before he got injured. Um, I feel like that's so, a, lot, a lot of the reason because he, whenever he had been going, at least in the beginning of the year, he was going for like two innings at a time. Yeah. Which is yeah, which is a uh, yeah. I mean, he's got thirty three pitches in some yeah. in some outings, two innings pitch. So yeah, most of it is one inning one inning pitch. But um, it's which, so, something to, to be curious. Too, why we should be we should be 
scared because he's he's used at, in large quantities at a time at 33 pitches. Like that's pitches you got to find. Oh yeah. Those are no, pitches you, to know. Not only do you have to find those pitches, you have to find somebody to be as effective as him in those spots too and you can't just pull 33 pitches out of out of out of a your ass for a, a reliever. I mean, you look at the stats right now out of the entire pitching staff in terms of war, he's third in the in in the war leaders on the Yankees behind Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez and above the rest of the starters. And that's above Clay Holmes where that's just, it's a little bit ridiculous. I mean, and you, I think you, one you, thing you, that, you pair that with the Severino injury. Now, like we really will get into the trade stuff later, but this changes the entire paradigm in, of what the Yankees should target in, in the, the trade deadline. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a huge, huge thing going forward. That's one thing that needs to be addressed while we're on this and hitting as hard as we are, because he kind of fits that same mold as Mike King, as somebody who was a French starter being up and down, he's got the stuff and it plays up in the bullpen. Uh, I think Clark Schmidt, I don't, I'm not in any way, shape or form saying he's going to be as effective as Mike King. Certainly. I, I think he could, I don't think it's any, I don't think it's a stretch to think that Clark Schmidt could come in and be pretty close to what Michael King was. He needs to do it. He's never done it. So it's a huge question mark and you don't want a question mark coming down the stretch of a historic season going into October. But I mean, he's no more of a question mark than Michael King was coming into the season. Michael King's never thrown those innings in October. He's never thrown that workload. It's something I've talked about for months now as I'm interested to see how these relievers do come August, September, because they've never thrown this volume. And I think Clark Schmidt is... He's how this whole thing goes now. He's there's more pressure on him than I think people realize because he has to fill that role. He fits it to a T and he has to fill it at least serviceable. He can't come in and be a mop up, you know, come in and you're losing by four. You bring in Clark Schmidt. He's going to see some high leverage spots and he has to. Like I said, he has to be at least somewhat of what Michael King was if this team's going to go far, unless they trade for somebody huge. But even then, I still think you need to get meaningful innings out of Clark Schmidt. I'd rather see him over Domingo Herman ever again. Oh, His well, was no fucking break. God awful. I mean, oh Domingo Herman went three innings. How many runs did he give up? Five. He just looked Maybe terrible. Two. And we were too watching many. the game too. We were streaming it, and and Damon, I think at the time was like, "This is when he gave up like two runs." You're like, Damon's like, he's good for like six more. And we we all were like laughing it off. Like, I hope that's not the case because he did show signs of life last year and. He's he's got talent for sure, but like, and maybe and maybe he'll he'll shake off the rust. But that was a, a a bad intro for sure, and and I think it's less of the Domingo Herman slander that I would I would make that statement about Clark Schmidt. It's more of the trust in Clark Schmidt because Clark Schmidt was doing awesome before he got sent down. Before and we were all pissed about it, but we kind of understood because at the time the rest of the starters were dealing, and there was so was the bullpen. Every single pitcher had a place, and he just had options. He was the one that. Got, he was the odd man out, but now when you know Mike King goes down, Luis Severino goes down, there's no reason why Clark Schmidt shouldn't be up on this Elias roster not and have an being effective affected right now. Yeah, it's all play into it. And sorry to interrupt you, but I did no, before yeah. you wrapped up. I wanted to at least throw that in there too because you have a guy that was supposed to be your bona fide setup man coming into this season, and he is just shitting a brick. And I know last episode a week ago which isn't a whole lot of time, but we were still talking about how we're still confident in Loisaga, and I am to a degree. If he doesn't shape up soon, that's just another question mark that you can't pick up. You need Clark Schmidt this season. I, and if they send it back down, I think that'd be a huge mistake. And I, the Domingo Herman baffles me. When you have Clark Schmidt sitting there, you got J.P. Sears, who's been 
fucking awesome this year when he's been up. Yep. I, I get it. Do not get it. You have, like I said, Clark Schmidt, JP Sears, and there was one other person that I was thinking of. But either way, there's no, no, no reason that he should be getting that start against Max Scherzer on national television. Yeah. And before we get into the rest of uh, the rumor mill, one thing on the wise, because you mentioned it, is since he's been back, he's had four games, 3.2 innings pitched. Seven hits allowed, four runs, four earned runs, two strikeouts. He's not what all four runs are in one game. Exactly, but I mean, he's not striking out a lot of people. He is quite quite literally the lowest K per nine out of the entire bullpen as of the last thirty days. It's just like I don't know. Uh, What's your? I want to get a temperature check on the Wazka. Do you still think? As I know, we were kind of mentioning it before that we still had the confidence that he's going to come back and be that dominant Wazka that we saw in twenty twenty one, but. Where do we stand on that right now? Percentage out of 100, what's your confidence at that he comes back to be, like, come playoff time that he's dominant Luizga, based on what we've seen in the last 30 days? Damon? I'm obviously, I think I, I was adamant about not being confident in him when he first came back. I, I was, I had seen still nothing from him that makes me feel like he will be dominant come the postseason i i I know there's been some unlucky situations he's been put in the game and he's been like he's getting the other dinky fly ball he gets a hard hit ground ball through the gap but those are still hits those are still missing spots to some capacity and again i just i really have not seen anything that is screaming at me saying i'm can't wait for the wise to get a pitch in the playoffs because i'm confident he's gonna get us through the inning I, i i really haven't seen anything from him quite yet so I I'm really not confident. I'm going to say like, I'm I'm going to put it at a 50 50 just because I know I, we all know what he's capable of and that doesn't go away. I feel like he's just missing a few different things like location and just trying to get back to his old, his old self. So I think it's still there, but again, I just haven't seen anything that really makes me confident in that, but I know what he can do. So it's a, it's a thin line between 50 50 and, um, I want him to prove me wrong and want me want him to kind of get back on it. I was going to say 50-50 or 60-40. So I agree with you. I'm not as confident as I was a week ago. I thought maybe coming off this shoulder injury and maybe they rushed him back because of the need in the bullpen. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm making excuses for him because I like him, but I'm not as confident as I was a week ago, but it would not shock me one bit. I think that he's a guy that could kind of fly under the radar, especially now. Uh, I think if we sit here maybe a month from now and look back and we're like, whoa, look who's been sneaky good. Loise could be a candidate for that, that somebody just pops up and like, okay, he's actually putting together a pretty solid back half of the season. I'm not – I wouldn't bet on it, but it wouldn't shock me one bit. Would you bet on it on underdog? <laughs> I would bet on it on underdog, would you, yes. And would you talk about that bet in the chalkboard group chat? I would, yeah. Lincoln, Lincoln bio to download and enjoy. And then I would, I would, yeah. I would go support him in person with my tick pick. Yeah, uh, that's true. <laughs> there, are no, there are no fees in those tickets. Code one sixty one. Is that the code? Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. So there you go. Fee free tickets. Go ahead. <laughs> um, no, but honestly, the fee free tickets really come into play here when you uh, when you have the uh, Yankees Mets. First Subway Series coming to town. I want to go so bad, but the tickets are are pretty expensive. Uh, the only way I would be able to go is through TickPick because the fees on those tickets would probably be like 30 40 bucks, and Daddy just can't swing it nowadays. So 
TickPick. <laughs> Code 161. Go to the Subway Series and let me know how it goes because I'm, I'm poor and I can't afford it. Hey, if you go um, to Subway Series and they're $100 for a ticket and you use Code 161, you get $10 off. That's true. I forgot Not only 90 that. that was like the whole point of the ad read. Um, <laughs> Way to crush. Cool. Um, Before we move on, I have a motion to put Aroldis Chapman on the sun, and I would like to make this like a life without parole situation. I don't see any way he can come <laughs> off. I'm tired of it. He's been teetering back and forth for a long time. Now he got put on earlier and it was a timeout as a big controversy. It was, you know, the sun gate earlier in the season of whether or not it was warranted. I think now it's time to have that discussion. I have lost all faith in Chapman. I don't think he can be an effective reliever on this team again. Since the sticky substance ban in June of last year, per Yankees source on uh, Twitter, he's pretty good at putting up little stats like this. He's thrown 49.1 innings to an ERA over five, a FIP at five and a half. He's walking almost eight people per nine, and his home run to fly ball ratio is 19%. So, uh, his metrics are bad. His performance is bad. I'm tired to see him fucking smiling on the bench after he just blows game after game. He didn't, what did he record one out the other night and three wild pitches? You should never have more wild pitches than outs. I mean, that shades <laughs> of Brooks Krisky and he got put on the sun and has never been removed for doing the same thing. So I, I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about it. It was kind of sprung on you here, but I'm fucking over it. I think this was the last straw for me. For good, I'm. I'm not taking him I, off. I don't know about. I don't think what you can do for good because if he comes out and becomes like a Cy Young pitcher just randomly out of a miracle, there's no for good ever. So I, I, I'll stop you there. But I will say this, and you mentioned the home run to fly ball ratio is even worse in the last 30 days. It's 25 percent. Um, he's just not really looking great <laughs> to say the least. He's got seven, seven, one fifth in the last 30 days. He just, he, he looks like shit. Um, yeah, I'll put him on the side. I mean, the one thing here is Murph's not on this episode today and, Oh, he just responded in the group chat. He said, yes. So <laughs> Murph just yeah. Murph cast his vote. So Damon, you're the deciding factor to send Chapman to the sun. Three of three. I have a question. Okay. When I was, I was... believe that. You have to think this hard on it, but I will have to. I am not. I'm not. Listen, listen, listen. I'm not doing this because I think Aralus Chapman is good. I'm doing this in respect of the sun so we don't abuse its powers. When when do we take Aralus Chapman off of the sun and when do we put him back on? What what do we, anybody know that? Oh, this is this, it would, was be, like, this would be a second trip to the sun, huh? This I season. know. I know. Yeah, but this would be like a one week span. Like, and he was still, like, he was that put was on pretty much early. He was put on after game 12 of the season. It was so, when we yes. dropped it. And then he got hurt. Put, yeah, and no, well, he, we put him back, and then he got hurt after that. And, I, I mean, it's been a solid two months since he was on the sun. And I don't even think this is – I think it would be disrespectful not to put him on the sun. If he's not a sun candidate, then who is? Right. So I, did, I do forget that. Now, he, Damon, on the season now, his stats are uh, have in front of me. I got it. They're They're atrocious. 575, yeah, 5.75 ERA. I got it. Um, I agree, yeah, because he, he, he was... One stat strikes me it, it, insane. He has a 7.58 walk per nine. That's atrocious. The next I mean, wild closest, pitches. 
the next closest person to that on the Yankees. Everybody else, keep in mind, if for for reference, uh, Mike King two point seven four, Clay Holmes one point nine six, Wandy Peralta two point five two. I'll go to the worst off people. Uh, Ron Marinaccio four point six six. Uh, David McKay, a nine. He has two innings pitch on the season. That does wipe that away. Um, but for reference, he's next to David McKay. He's the second worst at that. He just walks every single person ever. Yeah, no, clear, clearly he sucks. There's no, right. there's no, there's no way around that. Um, yeah, I, I forgot that we first put him on there as a timeout. So um, I think this will be his official welcome to the sun. Thank you. As a uh, a real candidate not in timeout and he needs to do quite a bit to get off of it. In my opinion. I mean, Murph is the person that was upset that we sent him the first time. And he, I, I asked him in the group chat since he's not here and he had to cast the vote. I said, Murph, do you agree with uh, Chapman to the sun? Just immediate. I th- literally within the minute, I just swiped left to see what the timestamps are. I said, just yes. No, no questions asked. Like not a, and Murph is a big, it depends guy. There was no depends. Like, ah, like what, what has he done for me lately? And like, no, he's, he's on the side. Yep. So, uh, that'll do it. Here comes the sun. Do do do. Uh, welcome back, Charles Chapman. This might be the nail in the coffin for you. So I also think you have to factor in Michael King's injury into that. Which, fair or not, Michael King should have never been in that game. Aroldis Chapman also should go to jail for so assault. We should we should blame Aroldis Chapman for Michael King's injury. <laughs> That's the headline. Yeah, that <laughs> change the title of the episode. The to New York Porch Sport article. Would, yeah. that, that would totally be a New York Porch Sport uh, <laughs> headlines. Like, yeah, uh, breaking. Uh, Aroldis Aroldis Chapman, Chapman is to blame for Aroldis Chapman facing involuntary manslaughter for for Michael King's My, Michael King's Michael, Michael King shirt elbow or whatever. It is. Ma- Michael King quote. Michael, Qu- Michael King blames Aroldis Chapman for his injury. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it'd be like amid Chapman's like misdemeanor charges, and his tri- as his trial looms, like Michael King is noted saying that Aroldis Chapman's the sole person to blame. Either All way, right, fuck so, you, Chapman, you're so gone. Back on the Michael King thing, not to jump around a bunch, but um, what do Sorry. you think? Before we get into our smoker fire segment, what do you think the Mike King injury, if at all? alters the plans at the trade deadline because I mean, I I guess I'll start because I think, and you know what? Why don't we just start rounding third? Cause this is my rounding third. It's, it's all inter interconnected. So before we get into rounding third, I'd let you know that rounding third is brought to you by tick pick. For those of you who don't know how rounding third works, basically you throw out a take and it is called safer out. You are never out when you use tick pick. You know, <laughs> there you go. You like that? No fees on your tickets. As we said earlier, use code 161 to get $10 off. Uh, this upcoming series against the Royals, not a single ticket over $21. Well, the, as far as the cheapest ones go, obviously you could pay more for that, but the cheapest tickets all around $20, $21. Go on places like StubHub, stuff like that. You're going to be paying that just in fees. So go ahead Ooh. on your rounding third, Luke. So I was just saying, with the Mike King injury, the question looms, what does this mean for the team? Obviously, we have Mike King's size shoes to fill. We just mentioned his entire season-long stats and what he's been doing recently. Uh, Big shoes to fill, a lot of usage to fill. Um, I think, and I was a big proponent of going after Soto, and there's uh, there's more and more rumors nowadays that he is uh, going to be moved. There's 
just a million different reasons why they should, but now it's actually looking like they 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 really will. Um, the Yankees did check in on on him, but at the end of the day, after this Mike King injury and combine combine that with the Luis Severino injury, I'm I'm starting to see the board more closely to what Chandler was saying before this. So I'm saying now because of this, out of necessity, yeah, would I like to have Juan Soto on the team? Absolutely, but. There's a lot more holes, and when other people potentially regress back to the mean, or or if not the mean, but regress because it could happen, or other people get hurt, we really need to re-bolster this bullpen and rotation. And I think if we go for Juan Soto, that's gonna be it, and that's that's obvious. It's not what I think. That's that's it's gonna be the biggest trade in the history of baseball. So. With that being said, with the Mike King injury, I think that's the nail in the coffin for Juan Soto for us. And I think we're going to go all in on Luis Castillo and David Bednar and then another depth piece in the outfield. But I think that's shifted the focus 100% to the point where it's now only pitching. And I think if I'm being honest, that's what I would do now. And if I'm also being honest, I'd be upset if we got Soto with that being said. I I would not be upset with Soto. There's no way to be upset with Soto. No, I do but you think know what I meant. I, I actually would I wouldn't be really upset, but there there are a lot of cons to signing Soto because of the fact that we need, we now have Mike King and Luis Severino size holes, and only I feel like David Bednar and Luis Castillo can fill those. I'll tell you what. There's one guy that I'm absolutely loving right now, and that is Gregory Soto from the Tigers. That's yeah. a guy that I think should be on a radar, and obviously he's on every contending team's radar. He's one of the best relievers in the game. Represent them in the All Star game, and he's got cool hair. He's got, and he closes so, games too. He's he's very good. Yeah. But like, all jokes aside, he's very very good. I think that's a guy that could slot into the you know eighth inning seamlessly, and he would be excellent on this team. He'd be a huge get. He'd cost a lot, obviously, but he I think he is a necessity. I think I think you need to add a bullpen arm, but. I'll let Damon go, and then I will touch on my rounding third presented by TickPick because mine is also bullpen-related. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Rolla there. Um, as nice as a pickup as Juan Soto would be as a for generational player right now, um, I don't know. It, it, it obviously is huge. <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no way to hype up Juan Soto more. I mean, he's probably going to be the, one of the best players ever played baseball. Um, and he would be a huge asset to the team, no question about it. But with the recent Mike K injury, with Severino, with just the bullpen, the even the starting pitching kind of being a little off lately, there's there's a lot bigger um, holes to fill than an outfielder right now. And pitching, you know, we said this before, I've said this before, pitching should be the main focus point of this trade deadline. And if we can somehow get some pitchers and also another bat, that's not Juan Soto, then I'm so fine with that. But um, it's got to be something. And I think that we have to have to get some pitching help because there's right now where we are struggling to kind of fill bullpen slots and get people who are confident in. And shit can happen. People can get hurt again. And if some other, another person gets hurt in the bullpen, another big piece, we're really fucked. And we can't just wait for that to happen because we can't just we can't just play this game and then hope that no one else gets injured by the playoff time. So we need pitching. There's no question about that. 
And if that means we're not getting Juan Soto, then I'm, to- I'm totally fine with that, as, as crazy as that sounds. No, I think we can all agree Juan Soto, like, yes. It's a, it's an immediate yes. If you saw the Yankees got Juan Soto, we would all have the same exact reaction. It'd be like borderline tears. But as far as, and this is what I was trying to get at last episode, it's not that I don't want Juan Soto. It's not that I don't think he's worth the asking price. I think he's worth that and then some. I just think for this current World Series run that this team has a legitimate shot at, pitching is more of a necessity. And that I don't even think that the Michael King, the Michael King injury goes into that but even before that pitching was a huge question mark and it all boils down to you know the again the innings pitched by these guys the the people are getting banged up severino hasn't thrown in two years this we all knew this was coming even if it's not a serious injury he's he was gonna need rest he was gonna need something because he hasn't thrown in so long you can't miss two years and go throw 200 plus innings as a power pitcher that just doesn't work that's not how the body works. He's going to, something was bound to happen. And the same thing with these relievers. I mean, Michael King's hard throwing. Give. I mean, it does. <laughs> but but that, my rounding third is that I think Ron Marinaccio is going to end up being a massive, massive wow. person wow, that, that in this bullpen down like what? in October. I think that you're going to see Ron Marinaccio throwing some very high leverage innings come the postseason. I'm about to look him up on. I, I I know who he is, obviously, but I'm just. I was about to look him up on Baseball Savant, but I'm quite sure he doesn't even have the sample size to to show the uh, the Sabers. I I think. I mean, I gave you. He made the hot list a couple of weeks ago, no, right? I know, I know. On the IL because he hadn't given up a he hadn't given up a run since he got called back up. I don't even know if he gave up like one hit since he got called back up. He was striking out people. Yeah, the walks are a concern, but I think if he can, that comes with experience at that level. I think if he can trim those, there's no reason to think he can't be a high leverage arm. Yeah, I mean, he's been great this year. He's on the season two through three year, uh, 17 games, uh, 19.1 innings pitched. And he's been honestly in semi leverage situations, it feels like. I, I haven't looked at the leverage index, but it, just, it does seem like he comes in and not just mop up roles. So um, the one thing I'd be concerned about is, is obviously the experience he's 27 so he's got he's got the age but like he hasn't been in stuff in big ticket spots like that and honestly i'm gonna i'm gonna call you out because i solely because i hope that's not the case i hope i wouldn't I, be upset by it though that's no, the thing i no, think if I, hope, get a I hope that he doesn't have to i hope i hope getting a bednar or getting a gregory soto will deter that from happening i hope he, he gets i hope he gets run but i don't hope he goes in leverage spots i think I hope, that I hope he's our, our our guy that you know when we're up like three or four or five runs, he gets some run to keep it close, and that's that. I just he, don't know jumped. that Luis Castillo, I believe, is going to be a Yankee, and I think that's going to cost a substantial package. I don't know that you're going to get a elite him, him reliever. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get a elite. You're not going to get Gregory Soto if you get Castillo. I don't. I don't think because I think they're going to get an outfielder. Maybe it's not. Juan Soto, maybe it's not even been attendee or hat, but I think they're going to get another outfielder, and I think they're going to get Luis Castillo. If I had to bet on a off or a trade deadline, that would be my bet. I don't know that there's enough left over that they're willing to give up with the stash of arms they have. Because you have Abreu who's performing lights out, because you have Ron Marinaccio who's performing well, because you have Clark Schmidt sitting there waiting in the wings that can come up and he can do it, and we've seen it. I don't know that they're going to spend big. It would surprise me if they went out and got somebody like a Michael Fulmer who is a question mark but performing well this year and I believe he's in a contract year 
something like that would make a lot of sense to me. And I think if that's the case, you still have Ron Marinaccio getting a chance and a look at these late innings. I think coming down the stretch, you're going to see it a lot. And if he performs well, I believe you'll see him in the postseason in those spots. And he's going to have to with the injuries. And if you go out and get a Castillo, uh, Ramon Laureano, I know that's a big name that um, Murph loves. Uh, You go out and get some of these guys that you're going to have to give up a lot of pieces for. I don't know that they're going to spend big on a reliever. I think they're going to go for more of a depth reliever. That's he can get you some outs. D-Rob. David Robinson, dude. I think think we're in a world where it's extremely likely that we we get D-Rob back. That would be a great pickup. I wouldn't say extremely likely. Maybe a perfect pickup. I think pick so right many people are going to go after him. That yeah, because he's not. He's a, he's a low cost grizzly vet receive, uh, reliever who's been there, done that. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it'd be fun. Um, why don't we continue the smoker fire? Because we talked oh. about uh, Mike Damon's King got a rounding third. Oh, you didn't get your rounding third yet. No. Go ahead. Um. <sighs> So this one kind of depends on who we get on the – if we get a pitcher in the trade deadline, specifically a starting pitcher. But this really has to do with uh, J-Mo. I am uh, – I'm becoming more and more worried about J-Mo and his performance. Um, looking at his last – his last um, – his last uh, – what was it? Sorry, I had the stat right in front of me. Um, really selling me. His last nine starts. Sorry, last nine starts. He's a six point oh nine ERA. Um, last game against the Orioles, he didn't make it through three innings. Let up two runs on four hits, three walks. Um, he had one good game against the Red Sox before that, but other than that, he's kind of been very, very consistent. Has shown really nothing really encouraging. And I'm getting a little bit worried and not very confident in putting him in a playoff situation. Um, so if we do get a starting pitcher come the trade deadline and we're in a, a series, I I don't know. I don't know what the the, uh, the rotation would really look like, but I would put him on the back half of the rotation, like a four or five starter towards the towards come playoff times i'm just i'm really not confident in anything that he's been putting out there recently you're talking about tyon yeah i think if the playoffs started even when he was in his dominant run i don't know that he was at that time i don't know that he's a playoff starter i i agree uh, with you i don't know about i agree that. with you 100 percent. but like, i think we- i think the playoff starter as it sits right now even if you don't acquire a starter i think it's going to go assuming sevy's back it's going to go cole sevy nestor and then you're going to piece it together from there and yeah, then we, we were, dude, we were talking about we were t- we we kept talking about putting Nestor in the bullpen, which don't get me wrong, like Nestor's obviously like a better bullpen person than JMO. Like there's no doubt about that. But in terms of who I'd rather have starting the game, Nestor hundred percent oh yeah than than JMO. Like he, like at least Nestor like Nestor came back and he had a great game, but JMO has just been all over the place. He has not found command whatsoever. He can't get outs, he's put he's let Yo, con- talking about strong in his control. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he he's just been he's been brutal to watch. And uh, again, aside from that one good game against the Red Sox, six inning pitch, two hits, and one run. Besides that, in his last nine games, they've all been pretty terrible. 
And yeah, yeah no, it's I'm not a reason for concern. It's a reason for concern, and I it's just another 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 reason why we need a starting pitcher for the trade um during trade deadline. But I'm telling you, I I am not feeling great about putting him in a playoff start right at the moment. No, I don't think he will be. Um, all right, let's move on to Smoker Fire. So a lot of updates in the rumor mill. Juan Soto, Yankees obviously have expressed interest that just to me is uh, Cashman kicking the tires. I don't necessarily think that means anything. So I'm going to call that smoke. Fire, smoke, just for reference, smoke means it's just nothing. Fire means this is actually something. So Juan Soto to the Yankees, I think, is 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 smoke. But I, I think there's going to be more to this. I think they're going to do their due, due, due diligence. But um, I don't know. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's likely anymore. The the thing that um I think Chandler you sent this in the the group but the the MLB pulled seventeen front office executives about where they think Soto would land. I thought that was really interesting. They had Padres, so out, out of the seventeen, eight of them thought the Padres, seven thought the Dodgers, three ca- thought the Cardinals, bunch of other threes, and three thought the Yankees. So. I agree with you, and if the Dodgers got Soto, I'm going to give up on baseball. I it's just don't. annoying because it feels like they just they just get it every time. They get everybody all the time. Uh, that, this that, will cost them, though. This is going to cost them a Dustin May. This is going to cost them something I, big. Do they give a shit, though? They're going to win, so who gives a fuck? That's, <laughs> no, the, exact, that's the exact mindset. We, we were saying the same is- thing. This one's different than other trades because they're going to give up major league talent. And I, I still think it's stupid as I mean, fuck. And if I get one soda, I'm going to be sad. But Think about this, though. Out of the recent big names that ever hit the market, Mookie Betts, they got him. Max Scherzer, they got him. Uh, who else? Freddie Trey Freeman, Turner. they got him. Trey Turner, they got him. Didn't even know he was available, but they got him. <laughs> like That wasn't even one that was that was th- even thought to be available. They just checked in. He was like, hey, they probably just hit up the Nationals. Like, hey, what, do th- what do you think about it? You know, we want Scherzer, but like, what do, you, what do you think about throwing in Trey Turner? We'll give you way more than you, you could even imagine. Like, that's, that's probably how that went. I'm, I feel like I'm missing one, too. I don't know how they do it. Dude. Yeah, but listen, the Dodgers oh. trade away their top two prospects. Literally number one, number two. So yeah, but they, they still it away. It. They still have a good, they still have a good farm system, and they have all the money in the world. It's wild. I don't know how what, <laughs> what the Yankees used to be. Look, so do we. We yeah, have a great Dodgers farm system and all Yankees the money in the world to too. They have a manager with balls, I guess. But yeah, that's the only difference right there. I, I'm not going to say. I, I mean, I think it's definitely smoke. I don't think it. I don't think anybody can confidently say fire to a Juan Soto rumor, but. Rumor, but uh, I, I I feel better than I thought I would about it. I'll say that you were and very one, against it. I'm not against it. Not I just against, you were very you very much said like he's there is a negative one percent chance that he will be. I still don't negative. think it's high, but I think it's the best the best I've felt about it so far, which isn't saying much. I would say like maybe a five percent chance, maybe a ten. That's a lot from end. negative one. But uh, it's, I mean, it's <laughs> not going to happen. I'm not getting my hopes up, but I don't think it's completely dead. I think that the Yankees. I'm going to kick myself in the ass for saying this, but I think this is the first time in a while they're being serious at the deadline. I think that they, the I think short. they have, I think they have to get something significant. You can't go and act like you're the smartest person in the room and go get some under the name, under the radar name who's got good peripherals. You can't do that this year. I, I think Brian Cashman knows that. I hope he knows that, but while getting your doors blown off by the team that is, you're going to face in the LCS, if you make it there. As it's no, we haven't right even, now, we haven't yeah. addressed that yet because we didn't do the episode last week. 
where we just finished that series and we just beat up on the Orioles a little bit, and that was that was fun to get the confidence back. But if like we're talking about before, you know how much better we were than all the other teams in the AL. You look at the other teams and you start gearing up against the the Mets and gearing up against the Dodgers and trying to compare against them. You won't even make it there if you don't get better now because the Astros are better than us by a lot right now, and it's I'm I'm very scared to face them when inevitably we do face them because and they're just going to eliminate us again. Like as it sits right now, if we don't retool and get some extra assets right now, they're, they're going to beat us. And yeah. Like, we, I, I don't I, think anybody gotta, watching these games. Yeah. I don't think anybody watching these games can confidently say they feel good going against the Astros. No, we, we were embarrassed by them. I, I would like that. Yeah, was, that should have been a, that should have been a, a uh, awakening point for hats everybody. off to Aaron Boone though for actually giving an answer. answer. That was the only time in his tenure here that he's given an answer to the media. I was like, okay, fuck yeah, this guy gets what, it. Now. What was the answer? I don't think I saw. I'll that. play it. Yeah, play it real quick. For those that don't know, uh, I think this is one of the best quotes that I've heard from Boone in in a while. Let me find it. One moment. Bad radio. There we go. Yeah, the two wins you had are walk-off wins. They, they've been in control of most of these games. How do you get past that part and, and you know, change the narrative here? Look, it's not, the narrative's not going to change, Dan, until you beat them in the playoffs if, if that day comes. I mean, we beat them four out of six last year, and they didn't hold leads. Where'd that get us? It, I understand it's a big story. I understand the season we're in. <laughs> It's not going to matter unless October. So we're going to if we if we happen to come back here in October, we're going to show up. We're going to expect to win. We think we're really good. They're really good. Don't overstate this. Just thought that was a yeah. very very bold but respectful, ballsy way to to respond to that. And I think I I just tipped the cap to Boone on that because and that's what it, that's he he reads the he can read the writing on the wall. It's like. They are better than us right now. They have beat us. We've beat them in the regular season. It did not matter in the postseason because they have our number. So, I don't yeah, know. I mean, dude, that was the first time I've ever heard, like, I've actually believed Boone in a press conference. <laughs> like, that's kind of crazy to say, but, you know, maybe not the first time, but, like, usually it's all bullshit. And it's it's usually whatever whatever the, the whatever he thinks the media wants to hear is what he typically says. But... Hearing that, I'm like, damn! Like he actually, actually, you know, cares about that. He actually can't like, put some thought into that. And actually, means it. No, that's a uh, hit the nail on the head. I'm used to him just being like, yeah, you know, I like what I saw from Judgy and from Coley out there. You know, they tried <laughs> hard, and yeah, you're like, yeah, no, nobody wants to hear that they tried hard. They just got the fucking break speed off of them by the person that's eliminated them. I think I saw something the other day. It was either the Red Sox or the Astros have eliminated the Yankees like five out of the last six postseasons or something. So yep. it's nice to see him just be like, you know what? We'll see you in fucking October. And that's 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 the real thing. So hats off to him. All right. Let's continue down Smoker Fire. Um, let's revisit the judge MVP statuses. I did see uh, a fun graphic that showed the war leaders and judge is actually ahead of Otani in the war leaderboard 
And I thought a lot of people think it's a preconceived notion that he is going to just run away with the MVP again. But it's interesting. It's it's honestly, there's two things that were crazy on that war list. DJ was what number, Chandler? I don't know. I think he's like five or six. War leader for the season so far? I have right here. Uh, sorry, bad radio. I think he's again. top ten in baseball and top. So five war leaders in, in the American League this year: Judge at five point one, Shohei Otani at four point seven, Jordan Alvarez four point four, Devers four point three, and DJ three point nine. So DJ, what what do you think is crazier out of that? That Judge is ahead of Otani, who pitches and hits, and he's doing both very well this year, or that DJ is right behind Devers in the American League. Quiet. I would say DJ because DJ. I think it's quiet. I think nobody is giving him the credit that he deserves for this which is i mean that's right on par and right on brand for dj lemay who he's the most under i would say he's one of the most underrated players at baseball if not the most underrated it's not super pretty he's not a flashy guy as we all know but he's he's out there doing it again i I think you can confidently say that dj lemayhew's back and i don't know i would say he's just as good as he's ever been on the yankees and i think that his contract right now, people were saying that it was not, uh, they gave him too much. They gave him too many years. Why would you give an aging DJ LeMahieu this much? I think his contract is almost a bargain at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, I am very shocked DJ's that high to be, to be quite honest, but I am definitely more shocked about DJ because I mean, judge is having a career year right now. So even though Tani does really? pitch and hit and he, yeah. <laughs> Even though Otani is does pitch and hit and is doing both very, very well. Um, I'm very surprised about DJ because again, he it has been a quiet, uh like very, very good season. So well, let's he had re- a bad let's, start let's, he's let's, almost up to two ninety now. Like yeah, which is so, insane. Let's revisit the judge MVP campaign. Do you think because I know we we mentioned we talked about it on the on the show. And it was sad to say, but we were like, Otani's probably still going to win it, even if Judge hits 61 home runs or 62 home runs. Do you think that's still the case? Judge will not win an MVP if Otani keeps this up. Otani, I was listening. War, I was listening. But his war is higher, though. Like the, it, and the he war only hits. Matter. It does matter. It absolutely no, it does matter. No, it doesn't. When And, you know, war, you can tell, doesn't matter, and the stats don't matter. Look at his rookie of the year against... Miguel Andahar, he won it the minute he was posted, and it, I'm not that was bullshit because he was hurt half the year. But I'm the dude's pitching to a borderline borderline Cy Young caliber, and he's hitting at an MVP level. It's what he's doing is unprecedented. It's never happened in baseball. Throw the stats out the window, the WAR and the sabermetrics and the underlying stats. When you're doing this on a day to day basis, it doesn't matter. The rest no chance it doesn't matter what they do judge gets 65 home runs and bat 300 look at what vlad did last year he almost won a fucking triple crown and it wasn't even close otani blew him out of the water and he was having a worse season than he's having now otani's having a better season and vlad was having a borderline better year than what judge had and it wasn't even close yeah i mean we says we said this last year um i remember one episode we were like if otani just has a decent year on both sides he's going to be a top one, two MVP candidate for I mean, as, as long, as long as he keeps it up. And I understand that, but like when I'm reading these stats right now, just, because, and I know everybody knows him, but I'm going to read him again. I mean, he has 5.1 war. Like I mentioned, he has a 294 batting average, which is back up from where he was slowly slipping. 
he he suddenly has nine stolen bases, which is kind of ridiculous that nobody's talking about that. He has a 1.025 OPS and a 187 OPS plus. He has 81 RBIs. It's July 25th. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's, it's 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 ridiculous, dude. Third, and I didn't even mention 37 home runs. So, which every time I look at this, I just smile. It's, I it's, think I I truthfully truthfully think that um. If, and he's playing it, gold glove defense. Exactly. If both things, if both players continue to keep this up, and it's make for a very, very difficult. It's going to make for a very both. difficult conversation. But I hate to say it, and I know that people don't really, don't really read read into this, but I feel like the success of the Yankees and the downfall of the Angels this year really has to play into it. It has to. It has. It has to this year. The Angels are like Mike Trout. I just I, don't I believe. Know, I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, but I'm saying for something this close, like it, it has to. I mean, the Angels are so bad and they had so much potential and they're fucking sucking. And now they're talking about trading Otani. Yeah, I'm talking about trading him. And now you look at Judge and he is carrying this Yankee team, whether or not it's he's the best player offensively. The best yeah, he's the best player on the best, best team. And there's no denying that. And the Yankees are having a they had a historical first half and Judge was the front of that team leading the team into that historical front half first half. And there's no question about that. I mean, look, I mean, I'm look not at, saying look he at, I mean, deserve it. Look at his sa- I know, and I know your argument. It. I know your argument. We know your argument. I'm just now going back to Otani's stats now, too. Like everybody talks about Otani's like uh, uh, he's like sneaks in those stolen bases. Judge is the same amount of stolen bases. Otani has 10 judges, nine. Otani's batting 256 with an 832 OPS. Judges a 1.025 OPS. I mean, it's just the hitting is not even close. I get he does both, but like at a certain point, and especially if he's the only, if he has 62 home runs, that's the most home runs ever hit by a Yankee. And and you can make the argument that it's most home runs ever hit by a person who didn't take PEDs because obviously Barry Bonds has more, but he was, he had needles sticking out of his ass. So, Allegedly. Allegedly. Very much allegedly. Um, (laughs) Innocent until proven guilty. But it's just, that's that's crazy. And you talk about nobody's ever done it before. Nobody's ever done the pitching and hitting before. Nobody's ever done 62 home runs when they didn't have needles in their ass. So when do you have, like, why do you have faith in the baseball writers to get it right? If this is truly what's right. I have no faith. I'm saying we all think it's right and all things even and they stay this way through the whole back half of the season what gives you any sort of confidence that the baseball writers will get it right look at the look at the judge and Altuve thing that is just prime example clear cut as it will ever get judge hadn't beaten every single category ever war everything other than batting average and he didn't win the MVP he did. I don't even. You can look at it. I don't think it was particularly close. I think Altuve won pretty handedly. I where how I don't I just don't have the faith that they'll get it right and maybe that's an issue that they need to fix although it definitely is an issue that they need to fix but as long as Shohei Otani is in Major League Baseball and putting up numbers anywhere close to this barring a triple crown barring a 70 home run season I don't know that anybody can beat him they're so dick hard for Shohei Otani and that's and fair he is incredible. He is a unicorn. This doesn't exist in baseball, but there are seasons sometimes. I mean, I that, thought Vlad Jr. had a legitimate yes. chance. You're right. And like I think, last and year, I, I, I thought I think his season was just as good. 
Yes, and I think the war is that you you brush it off as if it didn't matter. The war tells you that it does because the war from one side of the plate is not pitching. That I think, and that's why when you when I take it all the way back to my initial question, it, what's more impressive, the DJ or the judge thing? I think the judge thing because a lot of people wrote him off as as what we're all talking about. And the writers are all going to write him off, and whether that's the case, that's neither here or there. I I will make the case that Judge is having the better year, one hundred percent because. He's doing it from one side. It's that, and that's. I think the war is the indicator. It's the war is like the the straw that'll break the camel's back. It's like what is, what tells you that he's doing enough on one side to trump what he's doing for both sides. It's war, and he has more war than he than Otani does from both sides of the plate. He's being like he's not he's not hitting at a at an MVP level, not even close. And I looked at his MVP year, what he was hitting, same batting average, was 257 last year, but he had a 158 OPS plus, and he had a 965 OPS. That's MVP caliber. Right now, he's at 832 OPS. Like, he's he's not doing it from the offensive side. I haven't even, what I haven't looked at his, his pitching, but, I mean, the war is the biggest thing for me. He's dominating pitching. He's going to end up with Cy Young votes, and that's that's the whole thing, is he's going to be historic not historic, but he's going to be so good on both. He's above average on both. And that's the bottom line is how do you compete with a guy that has the entire baseball world watching? He's arguably the face of baseball. And I would actually argue that Aaron Judge is there. And we had that debate before the season when Otani was the uh, the show cover. But that's neither here nor there. Otani draws so much buzz to the game. He's doing things that have never been done before. I really, I don't, I think we're going to be shocked at the end of the year how lopsided it is if all things stay the same. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that they're going to respect him until something changes or any, anybody for that, that matter. I don't think that if I fucking pick a name next year comes out and hits 350 with 40 home runs and Otani does the same thing, I still think Otani wins. All right. I do. Uh, I, I I just I think that this year more than more than any other year. I mean, it's only been one year, but this <laughs> this 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 year should have some emphasis on the team because the Yankees are crushing the division right now, and the Angels were leading the division, and now they are twenty three and a half games yeah. back. And maybe division. this. I know they never really take that into consideration. That's ridiculous. And, and it's something that maybe should be taken into consideration. We've talked about in the past, but uh, things change. Narratives change because of certain things. And I think maybe this could be the year that it's so lopsided on both ends. Like it'd be different if the angels weren't one of the worst teams in baseball and they have two of the best players in the world on the team. It'd be different if they were like a middle of the pack team. That's like fighting for a playoff spot. They're not. And it's just like, and then judges on the best team potentially like they they're still on like, chomping at the bit to get the best record in Yankees history or baseball history. So when, when you have two opposite ends of the spectrum and now they're even talking about trading Otani and taking real offers on that, it's like that might be the thing that decides in the future for voters for the MVP that maybe you should take a, another look at the guy who's on the better team because, I mean, most valuable player is an individual accolade, but it's also if you're that valuable, you, you're going to bring your team up along with you. And it's not the you, you, one player can't really bring your team up to the level that the Yankees are at right now. But Judge is certainly an integral part of that. And if he didn't exist, the Yankees wouldn't be doing this. So you're talking about most valuable player. That's what Judge is, and that's what that means. So I think maybe I mean, this year, I think this year could 
lay a little bit more uh, fuel to that fire of like maybe you should give that another look. Uh, yeah, for the I mean, record, I totally sense. agree. I don't think the Yankees are where they are. I mean, and no shit, they're not where they are without Judge. But I don't think that they're defines MVP. Yeah, I mean, it's I, not. It's not. You're called, not arguing with me. I'm not arguing against the, you. I'm arguing against the baseball writers. The the award isn't called the best player award. It, it's called the most valuable player. It's like valuable to the team. Which <laughs> like, I, to play devil's advocate, though, you know? most valuable is a guy who pitches and hits. Like, I mean, yeah, but the team sucks. And he's not valuable to anybody. I don't know. I can see both sides, but I'm saying maybe this gives uh, an extra look at the guy in the best team as well. Uh, I look moving, to think the Yankees have five, six less wins without Judge right now, at least. At exactly 5.1 based on war. <laughs> yeah, especially oh. <laughs> for that. I, I wasn't looking at the war. I was, just, I was just thinking of like moments that he's had, and those like uh, there's a five or six no, that I, stick I out. Know, I know what you mean. I mean, he's had to walk off <laughs> all the time. So, do do some mental battle. I think it's about 5.5 wins. Yeah, it feels like 5.1 wins. <laughs> All right. Uh, rounding out the smoker fire, uh, Andrew Benatendi, Yankees are, are apparently serious contenders per Mark Feinstein. Smoker fire. Smoke. Or I mean fire, excuse me. Yeah. yeah, I agree with fire. I think it's a good fit. I mean, we know it's a good fit. We've talked about it before, but just what would, what would you say the percentage chance the Yankees land Benatendi are? 60. Mm. Yeah, I would say somewhere in the 60s, 70s. I'll say this too. I think the Soto rumor mill and the trade situation makes it more likely that we get Benatendi because I think a lot of people are going to be, all the other outfield suitors, outfield traders are going to be focused on going after Juan Soto along with us. But I think the people that miss out on Soto, which I do think is going to be us, will now be in like, all right, well, we just missed out on the biggest fish in the history of baseball, let's go ahead. And also, I think that drives the price of Ben Attendee down because he's not now no longer the tide for the top guy with Ian, him and Ian Happ or whatever you want to call it. He's not one of the best guys in the market anymore. He's not even close. Like so now, and that and that is a true that is a real thing because when you look at guys that are going to be involved in that Soto deal, Patrick Corbin, Patrick Corbin was the best pitcher on the market, and he got paid handsomely because of it. So being the best on the market matters a lot. So. Having Juan Soto over Andrew Benatendi, Benatendi can't even sniff Juan Soto's jockstrap. So like it's 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 gonna drive his price down a ton. And I, I really think that I would put the percentage chance that we get Benatendi at like seventy five, honestly. I think Benatendi be really or Hap. If you put Benatendi or Hap in that conversation, I would put that in the eighties. They're going to get they have to get uh an outfielder. Uh, I think at least, and I I think you're going to see a lot after Juan Soto moves or as a market really forms and you get serious contenders for Soto right now. There's the last I saw, there's five or six teams that were all in contention. You know, Damon was talking about that poll and you have so many, it's such a wide open field. I think as that market kind of takes shape, you'll start seeing some of the other dominoes fall because right now, if you're the Yankees, why do you trade for Benatendi or why do you trade for Castillo? I know it's a need, but if you have a chance at landing Juan Soto, you don't want to trade one of those guys for Castillo and then be like, okay, we pull out because we wanted player X and you send them to the Reds. That's as that market takes shape. And maybe that's an obvious statement to make, but it's something that needs to be said is that as that market takes place, we'll start to see more dominoes fall. I don't expect anything imminent. Um, I don't know. 
I do think this, the idea that I just thought about, like the fact that Juan Soto being available and whether or not Otani being available, I'll just say smoke or fire on that. I think that's smoke, but th- that's just for the sole reason of it be, it would be absolutely ridiculous. It would be wild if it would be wild if both get traded, but Otani specifically, because uh, it's just wild. Um, one thing to note, I think going forward too for this trade season, a lot of people, and we can just brush on it quickly. A lot of people don't think the Yankees can afford Soto and Judge or Soto and or whatever. The point is, there's big names on the market. Extensions are going to need to happen. Judge is still there. The thing with the CBT that was negotiated in the offseason in the CBA, which have fun with those acronyms, whatever, is that that CBT threshold is going to go up every year and it's increasing throughout the lifetime of this so while you're looking at luxury tax space and particularly the yankees because that's who we talk about they're shedding like 90 million dollars this year you factor in a judge extension if you want though and if you don't but the cbt is also going to be going up over the next two or three years you know 20 or 30 million in time span so um, when you're doing your math at home and doing your mock trades, keep that in mind while you're on that website where you can trade Domingo Herman for Juan Soto straight up. Um, speaking of Domingo Herman, too, I, I agree, but speaking of Domingo Herman, just a, a slight preview at the Mets series coming up. I'm upset that it's Domingo Herman versus Max Scherzer. It's like Heaney in the Field of Dreams game. Yeah, that's just, I mean, this is one of the most exciting matchups, especially the Yankees and Mets. First time they're seeing each other this year. Two of the best teams in baseball, two the literal two best teams in baseball, just by standings, aren't they? Are the Mets I mean, number two I now? Think the, uh, or still? I think the Astros might be. Regardless, bet one of the two best best teams in baseball, and you're throwing out. Uh, I mean, the first game is Monty versus Taiwan Walker. That that's that's a pretty good matchup. I'm not sure how Walker is doing this year, but I feel like he's relatively similar to to Monty. But Herman versus Scherzer is just. That's bad. Yeah, it's not going to go well. I'll tell you that much. I, 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 uh, if the, if the Yankees were favored <laughs> at all, I would not, be I would, I will not be betting on that. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Judge is going to need to, well, Judge does kind of have Scherzer's number. He hit that home run off him in the All Star game. So, so we'll have one run and, uh, yeah. well, no, he's good for two. The, Met, the so. Mets will, the Mets will have 15. Yeah. Well, no, he'll, he'll just, be taking out after, after five. Sears? How can you not give Sears that start? I don't get it. Maybe they're just saving it for Luis Castillo. Yeah. They're just playing one big troll game. Because Castillo is also slated to start on Wednesday. They're going to pull the rug out from under him. Yeah. And we had Sweeney and Dominguez pulled yesterday. They say heat exhaustion, whatever. We've all been hot. It's hot in my apartment right now. I'm <laughs> not getting pulled from the podcast. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what you're I saying is... Buy the tickets on TickPick now for the second game in the Subway Series because they'll go up even more when Luis Castillo is scheduled to start mm-hmm. against Max Scherzer in City Field. That's what I would say. Okay, code one sixty one to get ten dollars off. Yep. Okay. Uh, that is it for me. Actually, the last thing before we get out of here is smoker fire on the IKF thirteen game hitting streak. Chandler, I'll let you start because you, <laughs> you are you are the resident IKF hater. So. Go Wait, ahead. really? Chandler's look IKF. Give if you Chandler, need to give if, the... if IKF was right in front of him, <laughs> Chandler, and Chandler was like a thirteen-year-old kid, and he was like normally you'd ask for an autograph from anybody. Chandler would actually spit in his face. 
I'm I would not. I don't hate the guy. I just don't. I don't get why people. I hype would like him to up. see what it looks like for you to hate a guy then, because <laughs> this is as close as it gets to hate. I I'll pull the I'll pull the text receipts again. It, I mean, it's smoke, and if you don't think it's smoke, then you're just not watching the games, or you're just again overly excited and just giving the guy too long of a leash. I mean, look at the peripherals; he's still put it this way: he's on a 12 game hitting streak, and he's got a lower WRC plus than Joey Gallo, who's got four hits in the same time span, <laughs> four total hits. So, I mean, oh he's God. getting he's that's not a sustainable way to put up stats in the major leagues. Has he been serviceable for what we need him for a stopgap short shortstop? Fine. Yeah, I'll give you that. He's fine. But I'm not I'm not going to sit here and tell you his 12 game hit streak is something noteworthy. A slap single. Oh, I, said, I said 13. So it was 12. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, a little a slap single with a 30 mile exit, 30 mile per hour exit below that just finds a hole. He's got 12 lucky games. And you know, good for him. Maybe he'll hit for a high average this year. Which, if you want to count two seventy for a high average, go for it. But like, he's not. No, that that has to be one of the worst hitting streaks I've ever seen in my life. So he yeah. has zero multi hit games in that time span, and eighty eight WRC plus. <laughs> oh my god, that's bad. It's basically like bunting practice. He's. He's fast and he's putting the I ball mean, on the ground. Yeah. And- it's not bad, bad, but it's bad when you think about a 12 game hitting streak. It's not, I'm not saying he's the worst player know, ever. And I've said it, he does serve a purpose. He puts the ball in play, which not yeah. many people on this team. I love IKF. I like, do. I like look, the- at, look at our runners and scoring position numbers over the last, well, fucking year, especially lately. They've been dog shit. I think we're 16 and 15 or maybe 17 and 15 now after the win uh, yesterday, but over our last 31 32 but during that time span we can't hit fucking water if we fell out of a boat with a goddamn runner in scoring position and he does at least puts it in play so you know what hats off to him there that's something that we don't have Uh, he serves a purpose is he good no is he something that can (laughs) he's a breath of fresh air at times like i have a little bit of faith of him to put it in i don't like him but he's not he, I would rather have Peraza. I would rather have Cabrera. I like but the if he's our like, top I'll, say it, I'll say it again. I like the wrinkle he brings to this team. He puts the ball in play, and we don't really have people that do that. So he serves. I think one thing to note on that while we're talking about it, the runners and scoring position numbers are bad, and that's a problem. That's going to be a correct, very big storyline to watch. He's going to be our shortstop in the playoffs. You know it. I know it. Let's Unless Xander Bogart gets traded. Also wild. Smoke or fire on that. That's smoke. Wouldn't what surprise me. What? I, I here's one thing I did want to mention about that too. Xander Bogarts one that would be awesome because he's routinely one of the most underrated players in baseball. Very much the, the most underrated shortstop. He almost didn't make the All Star team this year because of fucking people who are brain dead and just don't appreciate him. And two. Out of all, like all of the people that went from the Yankees to the Red Sox, and like we talk about people that can never be a Yankee, or they they say I never want him to be on the Red Sox. I could give a shit less about Xander Bogarts being a, a Red Sox. I I just have I feel like the general taste in their mouth for all Yankee fans is just a mutual respect for Xander Bogarts. And same with Devers. Like, I feel like those two. If you gave me either one of them, I wouldn't like I I wouldn't give any less of a shit. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Is that stigma even around anymore? 
Like, is there any, because the Yankees and Red Sox rivalry hasn't been as animated as it has been in the past where you like, you hate the other person's guts. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it doesn't really matter to me anymore. Like we're talking about getting Ben attendee. Like if that were the case, I know he traveled through a different team in between, but I feel like back in the day when the teams used to hate each other, that would be, we wouldn't even like that. That'd be like the Johnny Damon coming to the Yankees move. Yeah, t- the only guy on the Red Sox that I really and truly hate, like hate, hate, and if he came to the Yankees, be like fuck that guy is Alex Verdugo. Yeah, that's what? Really? He's like a true sloppy Red Sox like motherfucker that I can't stand. Like it, it, Xander Bogarts, I like Xander Bogarts. I respect Xander Bogarts as a player, as a person. I think he's awesome. And you know what? I'm sure Verdugo is a fine guy. I can't <laughs> fucking stand him. I can't. I'm sorry. He routinely kills the Yankees. He fucks with the fans, which good on him. I would do the same if I was put in the same situation. But that's the whole thing. He wants you to hate him, and he does a good job at it. So, you know what? Hats off to him. He's a good player, and he's perfect for the rivalry. But he's like a... We need more of him to, the, spark, to spark the rivalry. Exactly. Look at We need a fight. The, look at the historic... We need, we need him to fight. Each other, who, who do we want to him to fight on the Yankees? <laughs> I, mean, I feel like Donaldson's the best fighter. Like not not like not, not like no no. Let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Oh, you're right. Not let me rephrase that. Not like squaring up. Like he's gonna be the most skilled fighter. Like he's the best person He'll to like pick it. a. He's the best person to pick a fight with. Okay, so no, we do, what we do is we have Donaldson pick the fight, and then we immediately have like a, a guy run out. Like D. Rob used to run out of the dugout to go and get into a yeah. brawl. But who's the guy you want to actually fight, Verdugo? You obviously, obviously can't pick can. Judge right? Stanton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Make it an even match. Jose, Jose Trevino. Trevino's kind of jacked. We can't, just pure, we can't risk it. Just pure <laughs> yeah. passion. Like that hey, dude. I, would, the way I, the way I want to phrase this too is what Damon just said. You can't risk it because it's, it's similar to that of a hockey fight. Like you don't want to waste this guy. Risk, risk him getting injured or risk him in the hockey sense of going to the penalty box. Like, well, in that case, we can't put anybody in there. Because yeah, I guess they would say that same about Verdugo. So exactly. scratch that. Who would you want to? No touching fight? of the hair or face. Of <laughs> and that's of it. Course. I, I think, I think I gotta go Trevino. Maybe Rizzo. He's too nice. Rizzo, I feel I like can't Rizzo, see Rizzo fighting fight. anybody. Yeah, no, he's, I, he's I can see him nice. being successful in a fight. I just can't see him doing it because for nice his teammate, I don't think he would ever fight somebody that didn't deserve it. If they deserve like, it, I think he would just turn into an. And I feel like if any, if he hit anybody. If he had anybody too, they'd probably just like eat the punch. And be like, "Yep, I get it." <laughs> they would, I they feel like fight, uh, they fight back. They would just let him hit him in the face. I feel like Higgy would die for the Yankees. Like he would go out there. Yeah, what other organization he, would keep him for thirteen years? Like he would fight he try the entire the Red Sox team with oh bare hands. I want to see. Bit of elbow I want to see Stanton versus Lindor part two this year. I mean, yeah, it's that was happen. awesome. That was so fun. That was. I that subway series last year, especially with this team, when we were all down in the dumps, like these guys fucking blow. And yeah, Cole run now the dugout with a bum hamstring ready to fucking stab somebody in the jugular. You got Stanton chirping people. That was fun. I want to see that again. I if if we see that level of intensity again with this team, I know they have they have a little bit of fight. I'm there pumped for the it. Internet saying they have that dog in them. A dog. Let's get the x-ray of the dog in the ribcage. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. We'll find out who has the dog in him soon. Uh, you're you're getting me really pumped up for this Subway series. Um, not that I really needed to be already. Like I, it's, it's exciting. They're both 
this is the most exciting it's been. And honestly, it's fun because like two years ago or something like that, before they got Starling Marte, who I think is the exact reason why they're good. Um, <laughs> I haven't made that. I haven't hid my feelings about Starling Marte, and it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna suck when he hits a walk off against us because he's the best player in baseball, and I wish he was a Yankee. Um, but this is the first time in a while that I've been this excited for a Subway Series, and I feel like like I was about to say two years ago. I feel like at that point it's it's fizzled out, and no, we really haven't cared about the Subway Series. It's, it's been more so like the Yankees, Red Sox, obviously, and all that stuff. But they are crosstown rivals. We haven't really given a shit about. They've always been the little brother, but the, I have a, a real respect for them this year that they're legit. Uh, they haven't even got DeGrom back yet, and they are, they're they going to be something this year. There's a legitimate shot that we could have a Subway Series World Series this year. Uh, I think a lot the Braves of, a lot of things that, worth noting, which what? is kind of funny. I think the Braves passed them, which is kind of funny and worth noting. Yeah, but my main point about this is I have respect for them, which makes this more exciting, and I don't think they're going to mess it up like they always do this year. I think that they're legit, and that makes me excited to go watch them, and you're making me want to rub my pennies together and go uh, pay the uh, slightly discounted tickets if you use code 161 on TickPick to go watch the game. So, And City Field is hot take alert. I don't know if this is a hot take, but City Field is nicer than Yankee Stadium. So, That's a fact. So, I uh, hope to see you guys there, and uh, thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, go Yanks. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.